Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. That's so cool. Brother Chance just came up. And I love it. I love seeing this because, you know, when we begin to worship in spirit, unified together, and that's what happened in the upper room. You know, the Bible says they were all together in one place and one accord. And so that's a powerful place when us as a body come together and we're not just physically unified or physically present together, but we're unified in the spirit. Uh, but Brother Chance, he said that... Uh, as he was back there singing and, and praying that he literally just saw kind of like, a, I guess, a, some coals, like some burning coals. And he said that he saw the Lord blow on the coals and, you know, the, the embers heat up and he saw the Lord blow on the coals. And as, and then as soon as he saw that, we changed the song. And so it was like, you know, the leading of the spirit, the Lord, he just blows and a new song comes. Hallelujah. How cool is that? You know, that's, that's the thing is what I really feel is that the Holy Spirit is actually speaking to all of us all the time. Everybody that's in this room. It's really just a matter of uh, learning to discern because I think that there's so many things that are, that's actually just running in us and through us and the Lord showing us things and we don't even catch it half the time. I guarantee you during those moments, the Lord was actually showing some of you things and maybe you didn't even know it was the Lord. You're just kind of thinking, you know, you have this thought or you're having this picture, or this image or, you know, something come up in your spirit, but you don't know how to discern that quite yet. It's going to be a powerful place, you know, when, as we grow in that, in the spirit together uh, and just to see how, how God moves. And I mean, man, when he move, begins to move, we all get blessed. Amen. I like coming to church to get blessed. And sometimes I preach myself happy, but, you know, but it's not just my preaching. It's great when the, the spirit begins to move through the body, because when the spirit moves through the body, the whole body is edified. That's right. Hallelujah. So, you know, let's just enter into prayer. We're going to do something again. We just have to follow the leading of the spirit. So if you came here tonight and you're expecting one thing, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you won't be disappointed because... You know, the Lord, uh, he's been speaking something to my heart and uh, I wanted to take a Wednesday night. I felt like a Wednesday night would be a really good setting to kind of go over something that the Lord showed me. And so if y'all will, let's just pray together. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to help me with this message. Holy Spirit, will you help me, please help me deliver this message with boldness without being ashamed? And Lord, I just ask. Let everybody in here press upon them now. Let them have ears to hear. Lord, let them not reject the word of the Lord today as you speak. Don't let them harden their hearts and resist you. But Lord, let them have open hearts. Let them have ears to hear. Let their hearts be fertile ground for the seed of the word to come in and produce mighty fruit from your word. In Jesus name. Amen. You know, so it was really kind of out of the blue, kind of, kind of was, kind of wasn't, but the Lord, uh, probably about a week ago, and I carry around this little notepad, I don't know if I have it in my back pocket right now, no, it's in my office, but I carry this little notepad, and as the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I just write things down and, you know, read through this notepad and kind of go back and visit some things, uh, but the Holy Spirit told me, He said, I want you to dig into my Word. Uh, concerning, I want you to kind of dig into my word and see what my word says about wolves. See what my word says about wolves. So maybe some of you guys actually saw, I did a, a Facebook teaching just a few days ago. It was kind of off the cuff, but I want to elaborate and kind of go into depth on some more things. Uh, so tonight, this is what we're going to talk about. Let's see if we have it up there. How to identify a wolf. Now let me just kind of preface this by saying a few things. I really want to say this. This message, let me be clear. I, 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 I said, Lord, I don't want this message to seem like it's just 
directed towards somebody that's done our church wrong or directed towards a specific person. That's not what this is. The Lord told me, gave me this message, and I'm going to back up some scripture, but people need to learn this because, number one, it's really not taught about. It's really not talked about a whole lot. People may kind of have a few verses, like, you know, they know the verse about wolves and sheep's clothing in Matthew chapter 7, but they don't really understand uh, how to discern these things and how to make that distinction when the enemy is trying to infiltrate their lives. And so, let me kind of lay this foundation first. And I've been going over these verses so much frequently because the Lord just has me on them. Uh, this is Matthew 24, 9 through 10. This is one of the signs of the end times. Jesus said, you'll be arrested, persecuted, and killed. Arrested, persecuted, and killed. You know, this is just a side note. But you guys, we're coming into an hour, and I'm telling you, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's easy, uh, but where Christians are going to, in order to be a Christian in 2021, a real Christian, you're going to have to get some thick skin. You're going to have to get some thick skin in order to be a real Christian. What I mean by real Christian is Jesus talked about blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness. When you make a stand in righteousness, you are going to be, I mean, spit on, talked on, cursed on, ran up and down when you make a stand for God's word in a wicked generation. And so I'm going to tell you, it's really easy to get discouraged. It's really easy to get defeated. It's really easy just to want to give up. And so I've been praying, Lord, give me a grace. Really, give me grace to handle the persecution that Jesus promised. He promised us. Guys, I can tell you, the blessing, the blessing of the Lord is promised in the Word of God. But think about this. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus, Jesus made the statement after He sent him away. He said, anybody that gives a property, a house, a brother, a mother, sister, whatever you give for the kingdom, He said, you will receive now in this time, this is in Mark chapter 10, a hundred times as much as houses, properties, whatever you give. And so we know that principle in the scripture, when you give something to the kingdom, it's going to be multiplied and returned to you. But he says this, and along with persecution. So just as much as the blessing of God is promised in our lives, persecution is also promised in our lives. Amen. You know, so we shouldn't really be surprised. Uh, and I've always made this point, all the Christians that, that just say, you know, we're supposed to just follow the law of the government no matter what, even if it's wicked and it's against God's word, we just obey government. How could that prophecy be fulfilled? You don't get arrested for obeying what the government tells you to do. Why do you get arrested? Because you don't. You, you don't bow like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You don't stop praying like Daniel didn't stop praying. And so Jesus actually prophesied there will come a time where the law is actually against my church and my word. And in that hour, he says in Matthew 24, those who endure to the end will be saved. In that hour, you are to stand on the word of God, even if it costs you something. Even if it costs you your job or your home or, you know, even our lives. There's Christians giving their lives. So he said, you'll be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you're my followers. And look at this. Many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. The reason maybe I'm spending time on this because I have two words in my spirit and I'm going to develop another teaching, but it's going to be about persecution. Uh, and we're going to talk about that probably coming up soon. The Lord's given me things about how to handle persecution and honestly the, what we need to prepare for. Uh, but he said, here's the thing. He, many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. So one of the signs of the end times is Jesus said, many will turn away from him. Okay, look at Matthew 24, the same chapter. Skip down to verse 24 and 25. He said, for false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, even if possible, I'm sorry, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I have warned you about this ahead of time. So Jesus said there would be false prophets, false messiahs, people that come that, that have power, signs, wonders, miracles, all of that. 
that will deceive, another translation says, even God's elect. So what is Jesus saying? I have warned you about this ahead of time. In the end times, you're going to come into a time where it's actually going to be really easy if you don't know this word to be deceived. Even God's elect, even God's children, even those that are saved are not immune from being deceived. We have to be on guard and beware. That's why I'm giving this teaching. 1 Timothy 4.1 Look what Timothy told, uh, I'm sorry, Paul told Timothy. Now the Holy Spirit tells us that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith and they'll follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. You know, you honestly don't have to dig very deep to find tons of verses that kind of say the same thing. So, what's the point that I'm making? It is promised in the Bible that in the last days, you're going to see a huge wave of Christians being led astray from the faith uh, and deceived into following after other religions, false doctrine that comes from demons, deceptive spirits. The Bible gives us a list of all of these things. So you're going to see this wave take place. Uh, so, I wanted to give this teaching on, on one of the main instruments that God uses to deceive His children is, is what the Bible would call you know, a wolf. We're going to talk about what is a wolf. What are the characteristics and qualities of what the Bible calls a wolf? What do I mean by saying that? Let me kind of just say this as well. Guys, I'm telling you, I, I naturally just have a good heart and always just want to see the absolute best in every single person. And I know many Christians are like that. And I'm not even trying to say that's a bad trait. But we have to learn this. There are some people that are sent into your life to help you. There are some people that are sent into your life for you to help them. And then there are some people that are sent into your life on assignment from the devil to kill, steal, and destroy you. Not all of those people that are used by the devil, I'm not saying they're worshiping Satan and making animal sacrifices and they have a closet with a cat strung up and blood, you know. I'm not saying that. Sometimes people are actually weak-minded and they're in their ignorant of the word and they're being used by Satan and they don't even know that they're being used by Satan. Uh, you see that all throughout the scripture. You see so many people that even had their hand in Jesus's crucifixion. You know, you see so many people whose God, God's hand was on them and using them as an instrument and they didn't even have any idea about it. Satan's hand was on them and using them and they didn't have any idea about it. And so we're having to come, we're coming into a time in order to not be deceived, you need to know these things from the Word of God. Uh, not everyone is sent into your life to help you. we got to learn that. So here's the thing as well. You know, Here's something the Lord showed me from the Word that was so helpful for me. When God wants something done, and I got this from reading about the body of the Christ. The Bible talks about how Christ is the head and we are His body. Uh, and it actually says, can the head say to the foot, I don't need you? No, He can't. You know, can the hand say to the mouth? Can the mouth say to the eye? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely not. And so the Lord showed me through that God told me, when I have something, when I need to accomplish something on the earth, I use people to accomplish it. Right? When God wants a territory saved and church planted in a territory, does He just show up and manifest Himself? Does the Holy Spirit just materialize and start preaching to everybody and then get saved and then start pastoring a church? Right? Where everybody comes into a church and all of a sudden this, the Holy Ghost just manifests into a physical form and preaches to them and then, you know, <laughs> becomes invisible again? Absolutely not. That's absurd. What does God do whenever He wants a region or area, you know, evangelized and the gospel brought to a place and church is established? He sends a man or a woman to do it. So when God wants something done, He uses people. So let me ask you this question. What about when Satan wants something done? You know, that's the thing is, is we don't understand. We, we need to realize this. Just like God uses people to accomplish his agenda, Satan uses people to accomplish his agenda as well. And we have to be as wise as serpents, but as harmless as doves. 
You know, Jesus actually taught that. He, he rebuked his disciples and said, honestly, guys, some, most of the time, or sometimes the children of this world are more shrewd than you are, are more, are more wise than you are. You know, and so there's several reasons for that. It's out of a good heart. It's out of, you know, uh, I don't think anybody just purposely allows these things in their life. But anyways, this teaching is going to help with this. Amen. So if you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Yes, sir. John chapter 10. I'm going to give you four qualities of a, of a wolf, according to the Bible. Four things that we need to be on guard of, four things we need to be aware of. How to identify the spirit at work in a church, in your life, trying to infiltrate your life. You need to identify these things. Uh, so, John chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. So hold on a second. I'm going to use these words kind of interchange because as we see, as we read through John chapter 10, you're going to see thief, you're going to see robber, you're going to see wolf. You're going to see the basically different words used for the same concept that Jesus is teaching about. Uh, so let's just re read the first three verses again. So it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So the first quality, if y'all are taking notes, I want you to write this down. The first quality of a wolf, write this down. The wolf usurps the shepherd's authority. What is the first quality of a wolf that we're going to look at? The wolf, a, a, that spirit usurps or attempts to usurp the shepherd's authority. What do I mean by usurp? Goes over, you know, basically goes over their authority, goes by without going through the proper chain of command, the proper authority, the, the wolf, that spirit usurps the shepherd's authority. So because look at this, it says, you know, the shepherd, the gatekeeper opens the door. So I want you to think about this, this in John chapter 10, he's going to be talking about the sheepfold and it's just a picture of God's children. It could be a picture of God's house. It could be a picture of God's church. Uh, and so he's talking about that there are thieves and robbers, that they don't go through the gate where, where the, the gatekeeper opens the door for them and allows them to come into the sheepfold. They actually climb over the wall. They actually climb over the gate. They actually go around the shepherd's authority and what the shepherd uh, is, is allowing or delegating for them to do. So let me break this down a little bit further. So there's two different shepherds. Number one, you could write this down, Jesus. Two different shepherds the Bible talks about. Number one, Jesus. So this spirit will usurp the authority of Jesus. How do you go over the authority of Jesus? Or attempt to, I should say, because you really can't go over his authority. But how do you attempt to go over God's authority? By going outside of his word. So get this. When you begin to minister to God's sheep apart from his word, that is a characteristic of this spirit. Can I give you an example of what this looks like? Okay, let's think about like divorce. I was actually just talking to an awesome woman. She had asked me some questions. Uh, and I'm going to give you just a prime example of this. So when you study, and I really believe, according to the Bible, among believers, there's no grounds for divorce. I just believe that. I know people make mistakes. I know 
you know, this happens or that happens, and sometimes we make decisions that we didn't really understand. You know, the, the law of Moses, whenever it was brought to Jesus, and um, they asked him about divorce. He said, what does the law say? And they said, well, Moses, you know, he, he gave a concession for it, for your hard hearts if there was adultery. And Jesus said, yes, he did, but I say, but I say what God has brought together, let no man separate. Uh, and if you really study, I was reading the Dake Bible, he says the same thing. Mr. Dake, man of God, wonderful theologian, passed on many years ago, wrote the Dake Annotated Reference Bible, awesome resource to get if you don't have. And he was talking about that, and he said, among believers... Because we're commanded to forgive, there really is no excuse for hard-heartedness. Even if you are wrong, right? What did, what, what did Jesus tell people? Hey, they're trying to steal my land and steal my money. And, and he said, why not just let yourself be wrong then? And then, and then forgive. Uh, and so among God's people, you know, Jesus said, what God has brought together, let no man separate. And in fact, he took it a step further and he said, that's why... You know, by doing that, you actually can go and commit adultery by breaking your covenant, what God has joined together, and then you go and you join yourself to another person. Uh, you, you cause yourself and that other person to commit adultery, according to the Word of God. Uh, and I know that's controversial, and I know that that's like, oh man, nobody wants to really say that. But that's why Paul, even when you study his writings, you know, he said... What do I do if my wife's an unbeliever? He said, stay with them so that your, your children may be saved, so that your house may be saved. Wives, what do you do if, if your husband's an unbeliever? Stay with them so that maybe you could bring salvation to your household. But he says, I give this concession. If they're an unbeliever, right, they're not bound to the word of God and they choose to leave you, you can allow them to, 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 to go. But... Paul said in that case, if, if, if you're going to get a divorce and, you know, your unbelieving spouse leaves, uh, in that case, it's better for you to just remain single at that point. Um, so let me tell you what kind of a person, a voice coming into your life that will begin to usurp the authority of God's word. It's somebody that's going through that situation. And now all of a sudden there's this voice that starts chattering that just comes out of nowhere saying things like, you know what, that's wrong what they did to you. I think, you know, you just need to drop that person. You just need to get out of that relationship. I think that God would forgive and understand. And, you know, they actually begin to speak to the sheep outside and over the authority of God's word. Are y'all with me? That's not something we should take lightly. And again, I'm not saying that's always just this demonized person, but it is a person who is being used by the spirit to accomplish a specific purpose in your life. And we're going to look at what that purpose is in just a moment. This chapter tells us. So, the first characteristic of a wolf is they usurp the shepherd's authority. Jesus through his word. And now number two. There's another shepherd the Bible talks about. This is the earthly shepherd. Let me ask you guys. Who knows? Who's the earthly shepherd? The pastor. Uh, according to the Bible, this is Ephesians 4.11. Paul said, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. If you look at the Greek word pastor, it's the Greek word poimen. Poimen, it literally means herdsman or shepherd. So the word for pastor, the, the actual Greek word, we say pastor, but whenever a person that, was, that spoke this language that it was originally written in, they would have actually used the word. Like, it means shepherd. That's what a pastor is, is a shepherd. And so, you know, the Lord has helped me so much because I've been able to kind of grow. I remember one time, this is just a little side note, the Lord said, I want you to go to all the places that I, that I call myself a shepherd and talk about the, in the Word, talk about the Lord being a shepherd. And when, as you study that, I'm going to teach you what it means to be a pastor by studying where the Lord refers to Himself as a shepherd. He is my shepherd. What does He do? He shall not want. He leads me to green waters and still pastures. He leads me to a place of my cup overflowing. He anoints my head with oil. I, and you can read through John chapter 10, the good shepherd. I mean, the Lord's just helped me so much. Uh, but that's what 
The word pastor means, it, actually, it literally means shepherd. So, the wolf, think about this. It says the wolf goes over the wall rather than going through the gate where the gatekeeper lets them in. So the wolf usurps, tries to usurp the shepherd's authority, usurps the pastor's authority. So what does this look like? The wolf will go around the pastor and begin to operate inside the body outside of the pastor's uh, the pastor opening the gate for them. That looks like a believer coming into a congregation and beginning to ins- insert their ministry, right? Uh, I've seen this many times. I've literally seen people come in, and you know, whether they're young, and I, guys, I'm telling you, I saw the weirdest stuff when I lived in Dallas and was in Bible college. There'd be like 28-year-olds ch- taking 23-year-olds out, like almost the same age, and having coffee and being like, you know, how would you like for me to be your spiritual father? Just like the weirdest stuff. And I was always like, I remember people talked like that to me. I was like, my spiritual father? I was like, you're not even old enough to be my father. You, you know, you're definitely, uh, that term was always thrown around. But what would that look like? Somebody come in and, and coming in and beginning to literally, without the, without the shepherd opening the gate and saying, here you go. I, I allow this to take place. I allow you to come and minister in the body. They just go over and begin to insert their own ministry in the body of Christ, usurping the shepherd's authority. So anytime you see that characteristic, that's a characteristic of a wolf. Amen. Uh, I'll give you an example of this. What would this look like? If somebody, like, think about this church. If somebody came into this church... And then they ran around and said, you know what? God told me that I'm going to start a small group in my own house and I'm just going to invite all of the members to our church to come to my small group. That's a sketchy thing. You know, Brother Chance, you've seen that. That's not an uncommon thing. And can I tell you, every time you see that kind of stuff happening, it may seem innocent, it may seem sweet, it may seem like the motives are are pure and everything, but nine times out of ten, you know what ends up taking place? Division. Somebody gets a hot head because they're young and immature in their faith and somebody comes and kind of kisses their butt a little bit and says, man, you know what? I like you. You'd make a great pastor. And he says, "Okay, well, I already got 20 people coming to my small group. That's a part of the church that I'm a part of. Let me go start a church over here. And a church split happens. That is a characteristic of a wolf, according to the word of God. Are you all with me still? Uh, So. You'll see the spirit, it will begin to usurp the pastor's authority. So, you know, if somebody were to ever do that, hey, I'm going to start my own little ministry, I would ask them the question, are you part of a local church? You know, and if they said yes, I would ask the next question, what does your pastor think about that? I'm going to start this group in my home, and, and that's great. What does your pastor think about that? Guys, because I'm telling you, honestly, most of the time, if if people will go through the proper chain of command, because God is a God of order and God works through his established authority. God works through his delegated authority. And in fact, I'll really tell you this. And honestly, and if there's any pride in here and you can't receive it from me because I'm the pastor of this church, just listen to this and pretend I'm an outsider. But the reason that people lack so much in their lives is because they don't hold people in their proper, in their proper place of honor. If you actually think about this, Jesus, he could not do any miracles in his hometown. And what's the first thing that he said? A prophet is without honor in his hometown. Um, you know, honestly... And it's not that we ever put a person on a pedestal. It's not that we ever worship a man or we ever idolize a man at all. But can I tell you something? Here's the honest truth that I've personally seen. The moment you start normalizing something is the moment you stop receiving from them. The moment that you start normalizing even authority that God's placed in your life is the moment that you stop receiving from them. It's really true. You know, and so I've had to do that. I have men of God in my life that 
I've been close with and, you know, I've got to go and hang out with and spend time with. Uh, but that's just a, a distinction you have to make in your heart. You know, that's a distinction that you have to understand is like, I want to be close to this person and have friendship and fellowship and all of that. But I still have to, you know, for the sake of me receiving from this ministry, I still have to honor this ministry. Because if I don't honor this ministry, then I won't receive from it. Think about Jesus. What did they say? Aren't you? They normalized Jesus. Aren't you just uh, Joseph's son? We know your brothers. We know your sister. We grew up around you. Who do you think that you are? And it literally, they had no faith to receive from him. And so what does the Bible say? Because they normalized him, they had no faith to receive from him. But because they had no faith to receive from him, he could not do any miracles in his hometown. So... You know, what also could this look like? Y'all, and I'm not talking about small disagreements, but how a person begins to usurp the pastor's authority. You know, if, if uh, our shepherd's authority, if the pastor, the shepherd, teaches on a subject, preaches on something, and, and then all of a sudden there's this voice that's always going out through the body that's like, he could say the grass is green, and I'm going to say the grass is red. He could say the, tent, the fence is three feet tall and I'm going to say the fence is four feet. You know, just constantly trying to go over the ministry of the pastor. That is a spirit and a characteristic of a wolf. Amen. So number one, the wolf usurps the shepherd's authority. So beware of that. Let's keep reading verse four. It says, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. We're going to read through verse 8. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. This isn't a characteristic of a wolf, but this is a point that I wanted you guys to get. So you could write this down. This is verse 5. The sheep have a responsibility to recognize the voice of a wolf. Jesus said, they won't follow a stranger. The sheep, the true sheep of the Lord, they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. What does that mean? Us as believers, we have a responsibility to know and discern the voice of God. Amen. How do you know and discern the voice of God? That is through the word of God. That's why it's so important that we've been preaching these messages on how you have to know your word. You have to know your word. You have to know your word. Because there could be a person that in their mind may have pure motives. That chatter starts coming in your ear. And you have to be able to make that distinction immediately and say, that's not the voice of my father because I know what they're saying and it's contrary to what the word of God says. Are y'all with me? You know, don't ever listen to anybody that just wants to give you their opinion about things without the Bible. Amen. You know, if you go to somebody about a subject and it's just, well, this is what I think and this is what I feel and this is my opinion. Guys, I'm going to tell you, apart from the Word of God, all of our opinions stink. Amen. We don't want our opinions. We need the Word. Uh, so what you need to look for in friends and fellowship and people that feed into your life is... Well, let me tell you, the Word of God says this. The Word of God says that. The Scriptures declare this. They, they should constantly be leading you into the Word. Uh, so, the sheep have a responsibility to recognize the voice of a wolf. Look at verse 6. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what He meant. So He explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. Look at this. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Amen. Verse 9. You know, I want you to just meditate. I don't, I don't feel like I need to dig into that anymore. You have those verses. Think about that. The true sheep will not listen to the voice of a wolf. So if you want to ask yourself the question, well, what does that mean for the people that listen to the voice of the wolf? 
Ask yourself a question and do some digging. I'm I'm not going to go any further into it. Verse 9. It says, Yes, I am the gate. And those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and find good pastures. Verse 10. I want you guys to see this. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, but it's so important for what we're talking about. The thief's purpose. So again, he talks about the thief, the robber, the wolf. It's all interchangeable. So you could say the robber's purpose, the wolf's purpose. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So write this down for point number three. The wolf's purpose is to steal the sheep. Say steal. The wolf's purpose is to steal the sheep. The wolf's purpose is to kill the sheep. The wolf's purpose is to destroy the sheep. So I'm going to give you these four characteristics. We've already went over number one. So we're going to constantly come back to this. So because now you have to answer that question. When a person begins to come into the flock and usurp the pastor's authority, why are they doing that? To steal the sheep, to kill the sheep, to destroy the sheep. That's why it doesn't matter how pleasant it sounds. It doesn't matter what tone of voice that it's set in. And it's just really nice. And it's everything that you want to hear because it feels really good. If it is usurping the Word of God and the authority of the house that you've been planted in, it is an assignment against your life to steal you, to kill you, to destroy you, and take you off the path that God has you on. So verse 11 through 12, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Hallelujah. You know, that's something that honestly, the Lord showed me that. And, you know, you think about that and he put me in that place. He said, you you are I am the head shepherd. You're the. Earthly manager shepherd, right? You're just the reflection of the shepherd on the earth. Uh, But you're the sub-shepherd. And the shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. You know, I was thinking about during COVID. I remember when we were having services and we never shut down and there's all this chatter going around and all this fear and confusion and and I remember, I mean, having these thoughts like, man, I'm, I'm really bringing my family into this. I'm bringing my little girl into this. I'm bringing my wife into this and my own life. Uh, in fact, I remember Brother Jonathan. You know, it wasn't out of fear or anything, but we, had, we actually had people when we had these meetings when COVID happened outside in the parking lot with armed, they were armed uh, because we're right by that highway and there had been threats and reports of people just drive, you know, they could just drive by with a gun and unload. We were out in the parking lot packing that place out. Uh, but you see, you know, you think about all these things and you have that decision to make. What do I do? And then you come back and the Lord shows you, you are a shepherd and a good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And look at this. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The wolf attacks the sheep and scatters the flock. This is point number four. How do I identify a wolf? The wolf scatters the flock. Let me repeat this. The wolf scatters the flock. The wolf scatters the flock. Anytime you see a person insert themselves into a fellowship, a congregation, an assembly, and if they leave and they drag a lot, all these other people with them, I'm just telling you, according to the Bible, a wolf scatters the flock. A wolf comes in and they leave their handprint and their handprint goes splat and the sheep go here and there and everywhere and they're disconnected and now they're, they're out, they're away from the house and the place that God planted them in. You know, and so you always have to ask yourself, 
And I'll tell you guys this as well. I, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, there's a difference between being reassigned and being used as a wolf. Being reassigned would, would literally be a conversation that, hey, the Holy Spirit is calling me elsewhere. The Holy Spirit. The Lord's calling me to go over here and to go over there and do this. And you know what? For whatever reason, you know, even think about a healthy thing. There was disagreement. Somebody, somebody bring it to me and it's, on, it's just on the top of my head who it was. But there was a disagreement that Paul had with one of his young men that he had discipled where they ended up splitting and just kind of going their separate ways. Who was that? Was it John Mark? It was Luke. So basically, Paul, I'll just kind of give you a paraphrase of what happened in the book of Acts. Paul had been doing ministry. There was a man named John Mark that was involved. Paul didn't like this dude because he dipped out when things got hard. Tristan, are you raising your hand? Okay, was it Barnabas? And then the guy that was involved in the situation was John Mark? Okay, so Paul and Barnabas and John Mark. Uh, and if, if those names aren't correct, just listen to the, the point because the point's what we're getting at. You know, just to say Barnabas said, you know what, I want John Mark to come along. Paul said, nope, that dude abandoned us when times were rough. I don't want him. He's not fit to be a part of this ministry. I don't want nothing to do with him and our ministry uh, as a part of it. Barnabas said, I disagree. What happened? Well, I love you, brother. I, let's stay in fellowship. But I'm going to continue to go over here and do what the Lord called me to do. And you go over and you take John Mark and, and you guys continue to serve the Lord and plant churches and and, and you go and do that. It was actually a healthy thing. It was a thing where they just agreed and the Lord used them and called them. But any time that you see somebody withdraw themselves and it sucks the other sheep, the other people around them out of the house that God has planted them in, that is a spirit and characteristic of a wolf. So you always have to ask yourself a question even when a person is pulled away. Uh, Ask yourself this question, did this person pull people away from where the Lord had planted them? You know, I want to tell you this as well, even as another pastor. I'm well aware, in Huntington alone, um, you know, we have over a hundred churches just in Huntington alone. And, and I really don't believe, I feel like the Lord has actually told me that not all of these churches are planted by God. Some of them were planted by men. Some of them were birthed from religion. Some of them were birthed from division. Some of them were exactly what I told you, were church plants. People just got offended and they took a group of people and they went, bought a microphone, got a room and started a church. Uh, but I want to tell you something. I would never speak into the life of another person's, you know, another man, so to speak, or I would never speak into the life of another pastor's congregation member and divide that person against their pastor. I would never do it. You know, we've had crazy stuff done to this church from other churches. Um, and I'm not going to list any names, but I've had visitors come in from the church that, that did these absurd, ridiculous things that are just like so outlandish and unbiblical. Uh, and, and they're like, yeah, I'm from so-and-so church. And you, know, you know what I say? Oh, you know what? Let me tell you about your pastor. Let me, what he, let me tell you what he did. Let me tell you what's really going on. No. Don't say a single word about it. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad to see you today. Praise God. You know what we do? We minister the word of the Lord. If somebody feels called and compelled to come be a part of it, great. Hallelujah. Uh, but to never go and actually put your mouth into another person's ministry and actually divisively pull their people away. Like, hey, you know what? Your pastor stinks and sucks and you know you should come over here and be a part of what we're doing. That is so crazy. That is a characteristic of a wolf. Anytime you see somebody doing that, that is not the right spirit. According to the Word of God. Uh, so the wolf scatters the flock. And you're going to see this, but again, most of the time, this characteristic, the wolf scatters the flock, you're actually going to see a person that's a wolf, they fit into all these categories. Most of the time, the person that, that scatters the flock is also the person that usurps the shepherd's authority as well. And then gets into the other things that we're going to talk about. So just think about that. Why would a person, I've always kind of wondered that. 
You know, why, if like a person was going to leave or be called away, why would they have such an agenda? I need to drag other people to come with me. Why would they feel like that? What does that benefit anybody? Because can I tell you, even whether they know it or they don't know it, it's actually an assignment. The thief's purpose is to what? Steal the sheep, kill the sheep, destroy the sheep. And can I actually tell you what's happened about 90% of the time that I've seen things like this take place in other ministries? 90% of the time, I'm not talking about the person that would be classified as the wolf here. I'm talking about the people that get involved and drug away. 90% of the time, if you look at them in a year or two years later, they're not even serving the Lord anymore. They were on fire. This revival was taking place. They get caught up in this. And two years later, they're like, you know, either not serving the Lord or like barely serving the Lord. But definitely the thing that God was doing is not sustained in their life. And why? Why? Because the enemy comes to steal what God's doing, kill what God's doing, destroy what God's doing in a person's life. So beware when you see a person that comes to scatter a flock, that's a wolf. We'll come back to this. Verse 13. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for money. And doesn't really care about the sheep. Let's see here. Let me get my verses straight. I only got a few more points for you guys. We got a couple more minutes. So, let me skip back up. Let's see. Verse 12. Yeah, so it says, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd sacrifices his, his life for the sheep. A hired hand runs when he sees the wolves coming. He'll abandon the sheep because he doesn't belong to them. Uh, and he isn't their shepherd. And also the wolf attacks and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for money and doesn't really care about the sheep. So what can we get from that? The pastor has a responsibility to protect the sheep from wolves. It's talking about a hired hand, so just flip that. And he's saying this is what a bad shepherd would do or what a false shepherd would do, but a real shepherd, what does he do when he sees the wolves coming? He protects the sheep from the wolves. So I want to give you that nugget. A shepherd has a responsibility, point number five, to protect the sheep from from wolves. Why am I having kind of an uncomfortable message with you guys tonight that I don't know know, how it's landing? Uh, I'm doing it because the Lord told me. Because a pastor has a biblical responsibility to protect sheep from wolves. So, let me show you a couple verses here. Look at Psalms 23. We know the beginning of Psalms 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. Right? So it's, it's painting this picture of God being our shepherd. Look what it says in verse, 24, uh, verse 4 of Psalms 23. Talking about the Lord being a shepherd, he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod, say rod, and your staff protect and comfort me. There's two different instruments that a shepherd yields, a rod and a staff. Do you know what the staff was? A staff is the little hook, like the little bow peep hook. That, you know, as the sheep would begin to wonder, they would kind of rein the sheep in and, and keep the sheep flocked together. But he didn't only carry a staff, the shepherd also carried a rod. Do you know what the rod was used for? It was like a little bat that he would use to bash the wolves when they tried to attack the sheep. So a shepherd doesn't just carry a staff, he also has to carry a rod. Are y'all with me? So again, because I know in 2021, when a pastor kind of takes this type of position, people could look at that and say, well, that's unloving. That's unkind. Is that really Christ-like? Well, Jesus said in John 10, he is the good shepherd. Uh, He is the shepherd that the Bible is talking about. And he says in Psalms 23 that he carries a staff and a rod. Are you all with me still? A shepherd's role isn't to be besties with everyone and try to get everyone to like them. They have to protect the sheep from wolves. Hallelujah. 
Turn to Matthew 7. I'm going to give you these last couple points. 15 through 16. Just two little verses here. Beware. Say beware. So let me tell you, there's three different classes of people. You have sheep. You have wolves that are obvious wolves. And then you got one that there's another class that people miss. A wolf that comes in sheep's clothing. You got the obvious sheep, you got the obvious wolves, and then you got wolves that actually come disguised as sheep. The wolves in sheep's clothing, the Bible says in Matthew 7. It says this, Beware of these false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. There's two points I want to draw out of this. Uh, false prophets. So he said a wolf in sheep's clothing is a false prophet. I want to break that down into two things. Write this down, though. Characteristic of a wolf, this is number six, a wolf claims to be speaking for God. A wolf, somebody operating in that spirit, will claim to be speaking for God. So obviously a false prophet is somebody that, that, that claims to be a prophet, but they're not a prophet of the Lord, right? There's an obvious one. I've actually dealt with people like that that came and I'm a prophet of the Lord, you know? Uh, and, and seriously, like you, you, you get to know them a little bit, and we'll see the very next verse in verse 16. You can identify, right? You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way that they act. Wow, so you can actually identify a prophet of the Lord when you get to know them by their actions. I don't care how great what they say is. You, I can identify a wolf in sheep's clothing by the way that they act. Uh, so then there's another one. There's the obvious person that comes in and says, I'm a prophet of the Lord. I had a person tell me that one time. They came in and said, I'm a hybrid. They called themselves a hybrid. They said, God, in this season, he's making a hybrid of apostle prophets. And the Lord has called me to apostle this church. And I'm supposed to be your apostle prophet that, that, that you sit underneath. I'm telling you guys, the most outlandish, absurd things that I've ever heard. And it wasn't just those claims. They begin to make prophecies left and right. And, and this person had never had another person call them on anything because that's what we do in the church, right? Oh, you think that yeah, that wall is lime green? Well, hey, praise God. Amen, brother. It's lime green if that's what you think. I said, no. I said, you know, I said, do you know what they actually would do to false prophets in the Old Testament if you falsely prophesied? Yeah, they'd kill you. They didn't take it lightly when you said, thus saith the Lord, and it wasn't the Lord speaking. It's a serious thing. You don't just go around saying, thus saith the Lord this, and thus saith the Lord that. So I told this person, I said, okay, they're making all these claims. This is what's going to happen in my life in October. And this is what's going to happen in November. And this is what's going to happen in December. I said, great. Do I believe God can do those things? Yes, I do. Because the Bible says that nothing is impossible for the one who believes. I said, but here's the thing. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch. And if October comes and those things don't happen... And November comes and those things don't happen. And December comes and those things don't happen. You need to humble yourself and repent because that makes you a false prophet for falsely speaking things that God never said. Wow. So that's the obvious. But I want to kind of add another layer to it. And I only have like one more point. Can I keep you guys just for a few more minutes? Uh, but also, when you dig into the word prophesy... Here's just a, 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 a thought on what you think about. The word prophesy means to speak for God. So there could also be a subtle, like a subtle form of this. Not a person that may always come in busting through the door claiming to be a prophet of the Lord, but a person who claims that they're speaking for God. You'll see a person coming claiming that they're speaking for God, but this person will be a, a wolf in sheep. And sheep's clothing. Uh, let me look at an example I wrote here. You know, I'll give you an example. Uh, so say a person came in, and again, I said a wolf is probably going to do all these things. They're going to usurp the shepherd's authority. They're going to scatter the flock. They're going to falsely say things that, oh yeah, the, Lord, the Lord's okay with that. Uh, the, the Lord never said so let's say this person's came in, they're doing that thing, right? They're already doing the scattering thing. They're about to relocate and go do something else. And then now all of a sudden, you got another person 
who either has been weak or they've been offended or something's going on in their life where they're kind of on the fence about something. And guys, I want to tell you what people naturally do when they're hurt is they just gravitate towards the closest person that's going to tell them what they want to hear. It's just true. Human nature, flesh nature will just gravitate towards the closest person that will tell you what you want to hear. But what you want to hear is not always what you need to hear. And we got to have people in our lives that aren't afraid to tell us sometimes what we need to hear when it comes to the Word of God. Uh, so imagine if, okay, imagine Pastor John preached a message and you got a little offended about it. And, you know, I'm not too offended. I'm kind of on the fence. And there's this person who's had that spirit operating, usurping the pastor's authority, the shepherd's authority, scattering the flock, doing these things. And you go to this person and, and this person begins to speak to you. And you know what? I think I may, I, I think I may just go to another church. And now all of a sudden this person starts speaking to you saying, yeah, that's okay. Right? You can serve the Lord anywhere. I think God's okay with that. God's okay with you can just do whatever you need to do. You can serve the Lord anywhere. Can I tell you something? That's not True. You can't just serve the Lord anywhere. You have to be where God's called you to be. Are y'all, amen? You don't just get to do whatever the heck you want in life. God has a specific place and path and plan for your life. You know, well, I can just do whatever, right? No, try talking to Jonah. You think Jonah could just do whatever? No. God told him what to do. He went in the other direction and things did not go well for Jonah. Until he got in obedience to what God told him to do. Uh, and so a person that's just sitting there feeding into that. I wrote, quote, yeah, Pastor John, I don't think I want to stay here. And then they say, well, you can go to church anywhere. You can serve God anywhere. That's not true. And they falsely spoke for God. Let's look at number seven, and then I'm going to be done with this. So here's an interesting fact. Let's read those verses. Verses again, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. Uh, prophet Robin Bullock was actually talking about this, where he said, and write this down, a wolf comes in as a sheep, not the shepherd. Let me make this distinction. He gave this revelation one day. I was listening to his teaching. He said, a wolf comes in as a sheep. It, it, they come in disguised as a wolf disguised as a sheep dressed in sheep's clothing. Why is that important? You know, because guys, people will will look at pastors and they'll throw this verse. That's a wolf in sheep's clothing. That's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And we actually miss the real work of the devil. Could a could a pastor be in the wrong? Yeah, he could be a false teacher, but a pastor when you look at the, the Scripture in its place, the pastor is actually more identified with the shepherd, not the sheep. That's his place. That's what his name means. And so we're sitting here thinking that the work of the devil is always going to flow from the pulpit, but actually the devil's infiltrating the church through the congregation. Because the wolf doesn't always come to the pulpit. He comes into the congregation. And what does he do? He begins to usurp the shepherd's authority. He begins to scatter the flock. He begins to falsely speak for God and cause divisions. And what's the purpose? To steal the sheep, to kill the sheep, to destroy the sheep. Are y'all still with me? Y'all, and I want to tell you something. It comes in the form of a sheep. What does that mean? The devil could use somebody that looks, right? I'm not talking about people that walk in with a black trench coat and, and combat boots on and you're like, that dude worships the devil. It could look like a friend. It could look like a friend. Do you know that, that, that Satan actually tried to deceive Jesus in the form of a concerned friend? Think about this. Jesus is sitting there telling his disciples, I'm going to be crucified. What did Peter step up and say? Jesus, you got to stop talking like that. You know, you're the Messiah. You're the Lord. You, you, you got to stop saying that. He seemed like a concerned friend. And what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. Why? Jesus was, through discernment, able to look straight through what came in the form of a concerned friend and actually identify the spirit of a wolf, the spirit of a thief. Not that that's who Peter was. That wasn't Peter's identity, but he was being used in that way. And Jesus was able to discern it and call it out. Amen. Okay. Um, 
I have to read this last verse and I'm going to pray you guys out. So this is Romans 16, 17 through 18. Paul reiterates these exact same things. It's only two verses. I appreciate you guys hanging in here with me this Wednesday night. So Romans 16, 17 through 18 says this. He said, and now I make one more appeal. My dear brothers and sisters, watch out. Look at this again. Say watch out. Jesus said beware. Paul saying watch out. They're giving us warnings like you have to be on guard for this. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things that are contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. Look at this. So Paul actually touches on several of the points. Number one, watch out for people who cause divisions. That was point number two. The wolf scatters the flock. And watch out for people who teach things that are contrary to what you've been taught. That's point number one and point number three. Point number one was somebody that usurps the shepherd's authority, right? Teaching people contrary to what Paul had taught them. And point number three, falsely speaking for God. Look at Titus 3.10 says. And so let me ask you this question. What did Paul say we're to do with that spirit? With people that are doing that, what are we supposed to do? What did Paul say? People that cause division and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you've been taught. Stay. Say stay away from them. That's not one isolated verse. I'll show you another and there's several more. Titus 3.10-11. through 11. If people are causing divisions among you because Paul understood this spirit, give a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. For people like that have turned away from the truth and their own sins condemn them. That's a tough verse. But it's in the New Testament. Amen. It's an instruction that Paul gave to the church. And I want to give you this last verse. This is 1 Peter 5.8. I want to answer this question. Why does the wolf scatter the flock? I ask you the question, what does a person have to gain? Right? You're going to go to some other church. Okay, go to some other church. What does a person have to gain for dragging other people out of the house that God's called them to? What do you have to gain for that? It's actually a strategy of the devil. Look at 1 Peter 5.8. Stay alert and watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This verse actually shows us the enemy strategy. The Bible could have said he prowls around like what? A barracuda, like a fish? He prowls around like an eagle in the sky? You know, no. Like a roaring lion. If you actually do some digging here, on how a lion hunts. A lion does not run into the middle of a pack and just start swinging and biting. That's not what a lion does. What does a lion do? It, it literally sits back in the bush and it waits. And it waits until there's a little gazelle that, that, gets, that wanders away from the pack and becomes isolated. The wolf scatters the flock and begins to isolate the believers from the congregation. And then what the lion does is when that gazelle gets isolated, it snatches it, it pounces on it, it steals, it kills, it destroys. Do you see the, what, what, what is that spirit trying to do? That's what it's trying to do to the people of God. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you guys. I like this because we were able to kind of teach a little bit more tonight. It was good. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we just love you and we don't want to hold on to our own way. We ask for the power of the Holy Ghost to help us take this word, even if it's controversial, even if it slaps some things and thoughts in our head that, that confronts some things. Lord, let us just conform to your word. You are the only way, the only truth, and the only life. We thank you for your word, Father. Give us wisdom, discernment, under, understanding. We praise You for the Word of the Lord that was given tonight. We receive it and we honor it. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said...
Amen. I love you guys. God bless you. See you guys Sunday. Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBCHTX20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.